Welcome to Hell to Japan. This is a podcast exploring life in Japan through the eyes of a couple of foreigners who have been living here for quite a while, where one of them, embarrassingly, doesn't speak the language particularly well. So it should make for、uh, some interesting、uh, conversations moving forward. And without further ado, let's get started. So, what are we、uh, talking about tonight? We are talking about a 2006 movie made in Japan, well, on location in Helsinki, Finland, called Kamome Shokudo. And wh- Kamome what's the.、Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kamome Diner. Kamome means. Do you know Seagull. what that means? Seagull, yes, the Seagull Diner. So actually, I, I've actually visited a Seagull Diner in Japan. It has no relationship to the movie whatsoever.、Uh, oh, do they have actual seagulls there, like a cat cafe or an owl、um, cafe? Well, seagulls fly by. It's at one of the most northern, it's at the most northern tip of Honshu Island, which is the biggest island in Japan. And it was at a place called Omazaki. Oma Cape, famous for tuna. And so I went into mm, Kamome Shokudo and I had some,、uh, what would be called a Magura Don. Don meaning bowl. So tuna bowl, bowl of、mm. tuna. So that was kind of nice.、Um, but、uh, I think we have opposing views today about the movie. Hey, Maybe listeners would like to know that we've actually reviewed two other movies in the past that are、uh, basically Japanese based.、Uh, one was Silence by Martin Scorsese, and the other one was One Cut of the Dead. And that director, that director's name is、uh, escaping me at the moment. Can you remember、mm. that guy's name?、Uh, no.、Um, no. Yeah. But、uh, no, those are two movies which、uh, we both、uh, had. The same views on. We both, we both found them very enjoyable. And,、mm. and yeah, it's, I think in this case, we were talking about this movie. We、mm. both have very different opinions about this movie, which、mm. uh, I think should make for an interesting episode. Yeah. It's not always necessary to gorge on the wonder si- wonderful side of a movie. Maybe we can reveal the underbelly, the truth behind this movie, or、mm. the lack of truth. I think I read in your notes you said empty calories. That's a very nice way of. <laughs> a way, it's, it's such a concise way of saying, eh, this is shit. <laughs> well, no, I didn't go that far. No. Okay. I, All right. Well, let's, let's, let's,、uh, sum, let's sum up our opinions about this movie. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, let's. I want to start off with、uh, maybe I'll, I'll go positive and then you can go negative.、Mm. How about we go that? Sure. Okay.、Uh, so, first of all, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the director. The director is Naoko Ogigami.、Mm. And her films are oftentimes set pieces that explore characters in fish out of water scenarios. And I, I love all of her movies, all the movies that I've seen. Megane, which means、um, glasses, Toire, which is toilet, and pool,、mm. which is, everyone knows, is pool, the thing you swim in, and、mm. the movie in question, Kamome Shokudo. And I, I feel like she always gives the viewer a glimpse into a different world while at the same time showing the quirks of characters. It's a very quirky movie to me. 
and they're they're familiar in a way, but they're not altogether normal. And I think one of the aspects that is, that I really liked in the movie was the acting. Uh, Masako Motai, who plays Masako in the in the movie, is very very goofy. She's got that silence and knowing nods, the way she moves her body and the slight smiles. I think it's such wonderful comic timing. Mm. Um, so I, I feel also this film captures a, a serendipitous nature of living in a foreign culture alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I kind of refl- I always like a movie when I can kind of reflect on it, on my own experiences in traveling. I think this movie is kind of a drifting kind of movie. It's, it's a movie of drifters. We're, you know? um, sorry, we're not, not revealing yeah. uh, spoilers, mm-hmm. are we, right now? No, we're not going to tell any spoilers at the moment. Okay. But, um, and, and I just want to mention uh, one of the Finnish actors in it, uh, the actor Jarko Niemi, and he plays kind of like a, a little bit of a, a Japanophile. I don't think that's uh, any any spoiler, but um, he's very young and kind of harmless and loyal. I, I see him as, but uh, I thought I really loved the interaction of the characters, and uh, the the lack of a strong plot device to to move the movie forward. I, I I really enjoyed that kind of just getting into the moment of the characters interacting with each other. So that that's basically what I what I felt about the movie. There's of course lots more that I want to talk about, but I I would like to hear what your take on that side of it is. Uh, well, I I saw this yeah a few a, a few days ago now um, for the first time. It was your um, one of your recommendations, and I hmm. um, I went in completely blind, so hmm. I. Uh, avoided all spoilers. I didn't read up on it, uh, but uh, I thought that uh, it was mediocre. Mm. I don't. Um, I I think I I would have to go into spoilers to fully f- pinpoint some of the issues I have with it. But mm. uh, but it was it was more like a light and breezy movie. Which I think is a it's a product of its time. I don't think uh, I think if I had watched it closer to two thousand and six, like you know, mm-hmm. if I watched it around that time when it was released, I might be able to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I've been in Japan for so long, I uh, mm-hmm. don't I don't think I found as much of the. I, I recognize the quirky the quirkiness that you're referring to, but I just mm-hmm. couldn't. Uh, uh, get behind any of the characters and their motivations and that serendipitous nature that you refer to. I just found like to be like movie magic, co- you know, co- coincidences that just uh, just pop in, pop in and out of existence. These things that just happen, and um, I don't think I was uh, fully on board with with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I was yeah underwhelmed. Mm. Yeah, so I think at this point we we have these two sides of uh, the same coin of a movie, or wait, is that is that a right way to say it? Anyway, let's just move on from there, and let's let's go into <laughs> some spoilers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because sorry. I think that's where yeah. the me- meaty area is, and I think that's where our contrasting, and it might 
I think that's where the, the contrasting conversation can really develop here. So tell me, what, what didn't you buy? Well, tell me just one aspect of the movie that you didn't buy. Well, I think the, I think there was one major issue I had at the very, um, uh, the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the scene where, she, uh, I think she, she's teaching that Finnish kid. Mm-hmm. The she's trying to help this kid understand the lyrics to Gatchaman. Which uh-huh. is a seventies uh, animated Japanese, yes, a- animated Japanese series in the in the seventies. Uh, I'd never seen that that series, but uh, obviously this Finnish kid did, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. So he went into her cafe, and and sh- and he was the first ever customer of this cafe. Um, but it was, I think it was the scene where. She first runs into, well, not runs into, but she notices another Japanese person in that cafe. Do you remember when she first meets Midori? Yes, yes, Midori, yes. Yeah, and I, I think it was at that moment. I, I just wasn't, uh, I, I just couldn't see it happening. I, I couldn't really buy the fact that this Japanese woman would, uh, you know, as a stranger, would just suddenly go up and ask her well go in and sit down and then ask her if she knows the gachaman lyrics mm. i i would i would think under most circumstances i know it's in a foreign country but i would i would think that most japanese would just say you know uh, oh or shirimasen you know they would want to end that interaction as soon as possible you don't most you wouldn't have like a japanese person coming up in front of you in a foreign country asking you the lyrics to the song it's just uh right there it just lost me um most that maybe i'm being a little too harsh on it but right right there i i wasn't uh i wasn't invested i i couldn't i couldn't really see that happening but i know you know it's that that it does i'm sure i'm sure it does it, it would happen when you're in a foreign country but i just uh for some reason i it was it was at that moment um, with when all these other people uh, are coming into Midori's life. I just it just seemed a little too a little too good for my for my liking. Too too neat, too too orderly, too yeah, too too sweet in a way. Um, but yeah, that was my that was the first real moment in the movie. Mm. That and that's the moment that I really enjoyed. Because it showed how people actually end up meeting each other, and they when I talk about that fish, uh, fish out of water scenario, we're not talking about Japanese people who uh, live their existences not traveling or trying to experience. Uh, they're, they're kind of going outside of their own skin. You, Midori, when she when they when she starts reacting to Sachie who asked her about Gachaman, she, she's very reserved in what she wants to say about where she's going. She doesn't know. But she somehow has this desire to just go anywhere. And that's what I, I felt like, these, these are types of experiences that I've had, where someone will just come up to you, you know, when I'm traveling, and just start having a conversation with you. And sometimes you, you'll take it and you'll just run with it, 
and other times you you want to stay away and i just reminded of like when i traveled in china by myself i didn't know the language at all and there was some strange russian lady who came up to me and she's i was in beijing and she's like excuse me can you tell me where my hotel is i'm like uh I think I know where it is. And I spent 45 minutes with this tiny Russian lady as she told me about like, I am a Christian. The Christians in China, they are not happy. I want mm. to make them happy. I'm like, holy mm. shit, what the hell am I doing? And I end up in some hotel room with her and her friend is there and he's like, hey, how are you doing? And I was just like, what is going on? Like, how did I get myself into this, these, this weird scenario? And sometimes people express themselves or show a side of themselves without explaining everything about their reality it, w when they're like outside of their own culture and they're just traveling and i think that scene really captured it because these mm -hmm. people aren't really like Satie, she isn't completely a misfit but she doesn't there's something about the culture that she's from that she wants to get away from and midori is also in a similar position and I feel like they kind of have this unspoken connection with each other. Some people, another person who might have come up to her and asked her about Gachaman, she might have just walked away. But maybe because they're of a similar ilk, maybe a similar age and, and uh, position in life, they're more willing to share something that they normally wouldn't do. Mm -mm. No, I get... I get that. Actually, that makes you know it makes sense that when you're away from your own country and you're away from your own culture, you're perhaps taking on a new identity, which makes mm -hmm. you a little more open to someone yeah. approaching you in a cafe like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I can also remember like just I don't know. I don't want to go to too anecdoty, but here, like when I first was a travel abroad travel abroad student in study abroad student in japan i went to kyoto and i stayed at this small ho hostel and there was mm. a bunch of people there foreigners there and some japanese and it was crazy and i went back to tokyo and i was at my small little neighborhood in tokyo and i went to the local post office and there in the post office was one of the guys who was staying at that hostel in kyoto Mm. like just a week later it's like that kind of thing where you you live the the world of a foreigner in japan and maybe in other small countries is so small at times and right. the and because there's not a lot of people you end up talking to people that you wouldn't normally really interact with uh, i think that's what the movie is kind of capturing there mm. that's interesting yeah well I I guess the way I read it was very different. I mm -hmm. and also what you bring up, you're you're raising points on traveling, mm. and you've traveled a lot. Yeah. Um, whereas I haven't really traveled a lot. I am in Japan, from New Zealand, but uh, I've only I've only been to yeah a couple of other countries. I don't think I've ever. I uh, had the broad range of experiences in other countries, so I you know, think I think I could, you know, I can I can see that I I can I can see that people are uh, are very different um, when they're away from home. You guess I guess you're in that explore explorative, you know, that um, 
being open to because you're we, we've touched upon this before you know how when we first came to japan we're babies mm. we can't survive here without support it's right. a completely different language different culture different yeah. way of doing things uh so you become a little more um open to people mm. um coming in into your into your life just like i, I would imagine these japanese in finland who like mm. you said they share like this kind of connection this mm. bond who um you know something's not working for them in japan so in uh midori's case she just uh, what throws a dart yeah at a random just, part on the globe just, and i've done that i've literally done that wow like uh, the first time i ever traveled abroad i didn't i didn't have a dart it said yubi sashita right so i just pointed my finger at something and yeah. basically what i did to travel when i was 22 i went to fiji and your home country, New Zealand, and Bali. How I did that, how I decided, I opened the travel section, and I said, well, that's a country. That's another country. Oh, no, here's another country. And I bought a ticket. Wow. Yeah. took me to those places. And remember, I did some hitchhiking in your country, and I was coming out of Auckland, going up into the Coromandel Peninsula. And these, I was on the side of the highway, and I got into a car, and this couple with a little baby in the back seat i sat next to the two-year-old baby next to me and they're like where are you going and i was i was g- going up to uh, a place called thames the real small town right at the base of the coromandel peninsula and uh, they're like oh okay and uh, they started driving me there i'm like where do you live i don't remember the town but it was like in the opposite direction i was mm. like why are you why are you driving me here <laughs> like, yeah, we've never <laughs> been there i was like okay <laughs> They have a little kid in the vaccine. They're just like picking up strangers and driving them to places they've never been yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, uh, <laughs> so I, I think there is that, that kind of weird connection. If you have a strange energy, you'll end up attracting people with a similar strange energy. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. So I guess, you know, seeing it from your point, I can see it definitely from your point of view. Well, that, uh, it wasn't just that, that one encounter. I mean, there were... Mm-hmm. Other people who came into her life. I mean, even Midori. I well, Sachi and Midori. They don't go into their backstories, right? No. Like with Sachi, I don't know how she had this money. Uh, I don't know how she can go without having a single customer for a month, but still let this Finnish kid come in <laughs> every day before <laughs> giving him coffee. Um, and Midori's backstory. They don't really delve into any of mm. their real past lives. Yeah, I think that's one of the aspects of the movie. Like you, you use the word breezy. And I, I think that's one of the intentions of the movie is to break away from the normal humdrum of existence where you are strapped down to things, where your past does matter. Right. And people trying to create a different reality, one in which they control what you know about them. Right. Uh, is sometimes very, very important. Yeah, that's a good point because they're coming in. They're coming in without their, uh, with a fresh slate, mm. with a completely new template on which to yeah. lead your life. All your baggage is gone as soon as mm. you go, go into a new country. No one knows who you are. They don't know your your history. They don't know your connections. They don't know your family. So in a way, yeah, I can. It it, it does make it. Make it, it makes it more 
palatable, I guess, in my mm. mind. I still didn't like it, but I mean, yeah, I can, yeah. I can still, I can at least understand why you like it. Yeah, I think the one of the one of the lines in the movie I was just watching a few minutes before we talked, and it's the first time Masako enters the uh, cafe. She sits down and it, she's like, "Why did you choose this place?" Like, cause you, cause you, you, you're trying to find out what the backstory is, and characters are asking these questions, right. but they're just sidestepping everything. Mm. So, oh in no, this well, such a makes up stories, right? She's yeah, just she inventing just these stories. stories. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, so she's like this time she just goes, "I wanted to meet a handsome guy." Right. You know. Yeah. But it's not really her intention, and then Masako says, "Well, it's good that you can do what you like," and then. Sachie quickly responds, uh, it's, uh, sorry, I wrote down the Japanese. I don't do what I don't want to, I, I don't do what I don't like. And right. she kind of, she kind of snapped in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's, uh, it was an interesting reveal. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm here because I want to be here. And it's, got, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little in there. But I, I also like just this tiny interactions like Midori when she sees the the Finnish guy, Tommy. He, and she's, oh, oh, you've got a you've got a geisha shirt. And she makes this phrase, this face like Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what the <laughs> hell is your problem? Like, it, it's almost like, why are you so angry at him for wearing a t-shirt? And then Sachie, Sachie's contrast, oh, geisha. Like, it's like <laughs> such a, a reveal. It's like, and then he asked, Tommy asked Midori, what, well, what did you do? What did you do yesterday? I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> she walks away like, why are you so like, but I could see how that might be annoying for someone like you're, you're, it's like, are you try? It's like trying too hard to like Japanese culture. It's like, maybe you should lay off on the stupid stereotypical T-shirts. Right. But, but he's so innocent and puppy-like that you know, by the end, it's not really an issue. You know. Right. He's not right. really trying to push anybody in any direction. But there's mm. also another point you you said you didn't like uh, about the one Finnish woman who is staring into the window. So maybe you could set that up. The yeah, there's this old uh, Finnish woman standing out and just uh, casting this menacing look at her at such year um, on a few different occasions, and uh, and Midori's freaked out at her, and uh, and at the back of my mind I'm just thinking, oh, she's just racist or you know xenophobic. She's against this Japanese person coming into the her 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 neighborhood with her Japanese her Japanese cuisine polluting the town with the, with all these different these different ideas and I, it just came up like a bias right that I had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it was a, it was surprising it was surprising to learn no it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with racism at all mm-hmm. apparently she such a uh, uh, reminded reminded her of her dog did I remember <laughs> that correctly I think so yeah so her favorite dog, and and I was and I just thought, what the fuck? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? 
And, and then I, I thought, think... well, maybe it's a Finnish. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe I've got oh. to be in Finland, and and you're, you're, I don't know. Maybe they've got such an affinity for their for their pets that when they recognize that in people, they'll just stand outside and just <laughs> you know, stare at them. I th- but I also think that woman was a, a bit off the whole time. I think she might have been drunk while she was walking around. Right. Because by the time she does walk in, she's like, alcohol, liquor. Yeah. I need a drinking buddy. But I love the the scene where Masako, like the strange lady is there, the Finnish lady, and then Masako shows up. And then we're like, what the hell? There's two freakish women standing outside <laughs> just staring at us. Like, what the hell is this? Right. Why isn't anybody coming into this freaking shop? They're just standing outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, the whole system. I love the way that Masako, she's sitting over there and the Finnish lady is just pointing the shot glass at each of them. And then Masako slowly, in a very respectful, slight bow, says mm. yes. Without <laughs> any spoken language. I am your drinking buddy. <laughs> it's just so, so ridiculous. Yeah, she was an interesting character. Um, I... I think, well, what did you think? I, uh, I wanted to ask you about Masako. Um, uh-huh. we, we first see her waiting for a luggage. Yeah. And she says that she didn't receive her luggage. Hmm. And then at one other point in the movie, she's in the forest. And then she mm-hmm. collects all these mushrooms. Mushrooms, <laughs> yeah. And then she says she lost the mushrooms. Hmm. And then later in the movie, she res- she gets her luggage back, and then she goes to open the suitcase, and then there are lo- what looks like mushrooms in the in the suitcase. Yeah. And it's at that moment I thought, wow, I think she's she's had a psychotic break. I think <laughs> I think she's had her luggage all along. She's had her luggage all along, and she's probably throwing out its contents, and she's replaced the contents with these mushrooms. And then I, she I wants to stay in Finland, so she tells Sachie and Midori, "Hey, guess what? I found my luggage, and I got a cat. I got a fucking <laughs> cat from this random guy. This random fucking guy near the fucking pier, you know, the wharf. I, you know, near the dock. This guy who just comes in at ran, you know, these moments throughout the movie. You see a guy holding this cat, and he just he walks in front of the screen. I don't know what his fucking, you know, what his deal is." I don't know what kind of symbolism that is, but then he just gives <laughs> then he just gives Muscle his cat, which she says, "Well, this is the reason why I'm going to stay. I'm going to take care of this cat." And I'm like, "What the fuck? What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> did I miss anything well, there regarding Muscle Well, I think I think what this movie leaves you it leaves. You, yourself to open to your own imagination which direction you want to take it in <laughs> I, I i really like your take that she's had a psychotic break <laughs> that she's uh, just had the the suitcase all along but what i took it as is kind of a a part of it an element of uh magic realism in a movie ah right right when things come together in a in a very strange way and I, because when she opens the suitcase it reminds me of Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, the yeah, the, the bright yellow out. tinge on her face. So, yeah, <laughs> it's like, what the hell is this? And then it's like, okay, well, 
you don't get what you want, but the world, the, the universe is just going to give you what you've lost that you've been looking for, but not exactly what you were looking for. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe that's what's up with her because she doesn't really, I mean, if I, if I delve into this symbolically, maybe she doesn't really know what direction she wants to take right now. And by having this incredibly uh, strange result happen, she can just be where she is without worry. Because as, mm. as, it, as the story, we do have some backstory on her, right? Because her parents, she had to take care of her parents. Right. And so then she was free to do what she wanted. She never married, right? Mm. All these women are unmarried. And so... Or well, you don't know for sure, though. Yeah, yeah. But they, there's definitely no... They could, have been, they could have been married or divorced mm. or had a you know, long-term partner or I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But the the main point though is that they there is no there is no man lead man character in the movie mm. whatsoever, and yeah. so it, it's one of a, the first a, woke films of the period. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think that this this film is basically the the author of the novel that it's based on was a woman, the director was a is a woman and the three lead characters are women right and so that that kind of takes it in a in a direction that we normally don't see female and that's not i don't necessarily think that's a reason to like a movie or not but it is interesting that the characters don't they're not filled with any type of trauma which i think a lot of female characters in movies are or they're mm -hmm. pining for a man or right. there's some sort of um you know, break that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so in, in, in this, in this, in this scenario, none of those things occur. There's mm. no, there's no plot device to put the women in a position where they, they can't have their own autonomy. They're all right. choosing these directions. And yeah. again, that's not a reason to like a movie, mm. but it is interesting. I think. Yeah. Um, also, well, I think there's a little bit of, magic realism in the other thing about the Finnish woman. Cause they're like, Hey, do you guys know any Japanese black magic? <laughs> 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 what did you think of that? When you saw this, where you're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Uh, well, actually that was a good scene when she, when both Sachi and Middle Deer are like black magic. I mean, come on, we don't believe in any of that shit. <laughs> and then, and then Musical's quiet. And they look at her. <laughs> they look at her muscle. She's she looks as if she yeah she's done this before. Yeah, she knows exactly she knows exactly what kind what to do about yeah. about her husband. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, I'll show you what I like. Well, this is what I liked about it. I, okay. I uh, these are a couple of things that I like. Okay, I liked how careful how food preparation was shown. I loved how precise each scene was shot in showing uh such a preparing these meals. Uh mm. I love that. I loved I loved yeah. that there was a sense of calm in mm. the cafe. There was a sense of tranquility in the way she prepared these meals and not not just in the preparation but the way she she welcomed customers. Mm. Uh the way she handled customers, the um how 
it was just a it was just a whole experience which I guess we take for granted living in Japan, but there is mm-hmm. there's a real pride in in what you do mm. and uh, and just love and care and and how it was prepared. It was never rushed. The food that she made, mm. even though it was simple, what she called uh, soul soul food, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and offering these onigiris, which we find out later in the movie why the onigiris meant so much to her was because of her father yeah uh and and that was quite a poignant moment it was a it was a, pr- mm. it was a poignant scene which i could which i could appreciate mm. um so i like that i, I mean i like mm-hmm. i liked how it didn't lose focus on the fact that it's a diner mm-hmm. that's the name of the movie and uh, right. i don't i don't think we spend too much time outside the diner right um but the other thing that i loved was just these three old finnish ladies they're they they're standing outside just laughing, laughing at this Japanese woman in her shitty little cafe and like how there's no <laughs> customers and they're always just laughing and and uh, just making fun of her. And there was like one moment where I oh I actually did laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. And there was you know when Midori Midori first uh-huh. joins? Yeah, yeah. And, and she, <laughs> so these old ladies come out and then they they uh, what what was it they said? They see Oh yeah, they say they say they say something like, "Oh, there's another one. Oh, it's a big one this time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they mentioned before in a previous scene, is she uh, a ch- no? She's a child, or maybe she's a tiny adult. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love, I love, I love that scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the Tomomi's. Um, I'm sorry, Tommy, the kid. The kids' yeah. interactions with Midori, yeah, they, they were they were amusing. Yeah, um, how she had how Midori when she first uh, encounters Tommy, she's completely out of sorts. She's got this Finnish guy who's got such a love for Japan, just uh, yeah, in her face, mm-hmm. invading all her personal space, <laughs> asking about Japan and yeah but i yeah so those were yeah those i mean i i didn't hate the movie mm-hmm. i mean there there are some things i liked i think just overall like i said to you i just felt like you know you're you're eating the soul food i want to be nourished when mm. i eat soul food like comfort food you know comfort mm-hmm. food like it's not it's it's something that's satiating right it's something that it's um it makes me feel like oh wow that was a that was an amazing meal in this mm. case it was empty calories Right, it right. was Empty not calories. not substantial. It was not mm. it was not something which I could, um, you know, tide me over. Um, it was, yeah, it was just light. Or maybe it's just not a, um, not a theme or genre that I'm particularly interested in. Mm. Um, I don't know. It was difficult to articulate it. Even when I was thinking about this movie after I watched it, it was a real, mm-hmm. uh, it was a real struggle for me to collect my thoughts about what I why it didn't resonate with me but like we said at the out- outset we don't you know it's, it can be a very subjective experience mm. watching a movie i don't think there's any one way to to experience a movie i can't tell you that you're wrong you can't tell me that i you know we can't um everybody has their own their own views and preferences so mm. anyway that was like what the things i liked mm. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with all those things, and and even though I disagree with the, the 
the overall viewing experience, I really like the phrase empty calories to describe how you feel. I think mm. that very much encapsulates what a, a very large segment of the population who listen to this podcast might feel about watching the movie. Uh, because, you know, there, there's certain, there, like there, there is no, there is artifice in the movie, but it is very small. And I, and I think to me, and maybe I don't want to get highfalutin. I don't want to get highfalutin on you, but no, I, go I think ahead. in a way, it, it's kind of poetic in a way to me, because it doesn't come with the standard plot structure you know, of mm. the movie. So I feel like there's a flow of life without a strong guided narrative, and um, you don't really see a lot of movies like that. You know, even with the certain long shot scenes, and well, Tarantino will also employ this this kind of device where the camera is still on the sidewalk and the three characters are walking and they're pretty far off, but you hear them talking and they slowly walk and slowly walk past the camera shot. And I, I, I always appreciate that kind of time where mm. you just can sit and look at a scene and you watch the people walk through it. Mm. Um, the, those kind of like, it's like a breathing breathing room for you as a viewer. Um, I, I think that that kind of time is so nice to have when you're watching a movie. Um, but you know, not every, it's not just like an art, art, artistic device. I mean, you, you'll see it in other movies, but I, I, I noticed it a lot in this movie. Mm -mm. Um, you know, I, I want to maybe take a take another tack on this because i watched this with my wife i watched it back in 2007 with my wife and then this a few days ago um and i wanted her take on the movie so maybe from a japanese perspective uh so i asked her what she thought of the movie and the first thing she said is like for japanese people finland is like a dreamlike location I was mm. like, well, yeah, I, I mean, I never really thought about it. It never really captured my imagination. But I, I kind of, I, I asked her why you, Japanese people in particular like Finland. And she says, you know, people have such a high regard for it because Japanese people in general are overworked and they're busy all of the time. And there's no, there's no real space to relax and mm. it finland kind of presents this different world where it's you know it, it's a stable country but somehow people it doesn't look like anyone's working but somehow everyone's getting by <laughs> you know mm. it's like how is this happening you know so this kind of makes people feel relaxed as they're watching the movie like it's oh it's kind of a this other world where we can just kind of imagine uh, a place where we're not filled with obligation. And right. that's also, you know, I think my wife loves Moomin, which is a Finnish thing, which they kind of mentioned in the movie. And, you know, Moomin, there's a Moomin Valley Park in Saitama Prefecture that we were going to go to. It's like, mm -hmm. it's it's so big that there's actually Moomin Valley Park here in Japan. Wow. So um, there is a, a strong connection. And with something we were mentioning before, and I was kind of washing my hair the other day in the shower. I don't know why I'm divulging this information, but I what I was thinking there is, you know, sometimes when you're in the shower and you're thinking, 
Like yeah. you, you shower you thought. thoughts. Yeah, shower thoughts. And I was like, is is Finland? It's a Reddit Japan thread. Of, yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> my my uh, Reddit thread for this shower thoughts was is Japan the or is Finland the Japan of Europe? I thought yeah. that, and this is what you were about to tell me. When, That's right. Uh, a little bit before, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I guess people have thought this before. Yeah. I never really thought about it before. It's a very unique culture in Europe because they do they are reserved. They're they they tend to keep to themselves very much in the spirit of Japan, mm. um, and uh, very polite and. Uh, yeah, and very, you know, relatively safe mm. from all reports. And also great education system, great health care, all, all um, par for the course, I think, for any, for any Japanese person when you're, when you're traveling. I, I think it's, just, it's a perfect option. Um, mm. It might be a little bit boring, though, to go to a country that is so similar to yours, with the only difference yeah. being the language. But in terms of all, you know, cultural, um, I don't know, I think the... Um, I don't know. Well, you know, it's interesting because the author of this book, mm-hmm. uh, her name is Yoko Mure. She's, she had never been to Finland wow. when she wrote this novel. So <laughs> I don't know how how she knew <laughs> to capture all the subtleties in Finnish culture. But it, it did come across as authentic. Um, but yeah. then reading up about the about how the movie was made, uh, they used the majority of the crew were Finnish. So okay. perhaps that helped in the way the, the Finns were portrayed on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I um, I get I get everything you're saying. I, I do. I mm-hmm. I I am on board with everything you're saying. But I still didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I didn't hate it. I just simply, mm-hmm. I uh, just simply didn't like it. It's a, again, like I said earlier, it's a product of its time. If I was, if I had watched it in two thousand seven, like you did, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. in two thousand twenty, I think I would have had a completely different view on it. Mm-hmm. I would have thought, oh, this is pretty good. This is, uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, well done movie. But um, yeah, I just, I think I just struggled struggled with it and also that guy can you can you explain to me something mm-hmm. what what's up with yeah. that strange guy at the port with a cat what's the symbolism there i know that at the beginning such is talking about a fat you know her her cat overfed it's a fat cat she couldn't mm-hmm. stop feeding her cat right. and then we see this finnish guy holding holding a cat mm-hmm. i just couldn't square that i couldn't find i, I was Wrecking my brain trying to figure it out. I was missing something. Um, I didn't this really is a magical that. realism you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, this could be something where, you know, there's so many random characters that you come across in these port areas or in a cafe. And I think he's just another random guy who's just walking around. You know, when I lived in Tokyo uh, near a big park called Mizumoto Park, there are tons of cats and there'd be like these... Homeless people who just take care of the cats. Mm. They're just always there making sure they're fed and cats kind of rule the park in a way. And, you know, I can remember, you know, working at a cafe in Philadelphia and like just these random people coming in, want to talk to you about shit and just you see the same people back and forth. And I think that's maybe what p- 
part of it is, is to keep seeing that same guy walking around. Like that's the normal, that's the normalcy of that area. There's just these random people kind of walking around this kind of throughway, and that's his place. And if you go there, he's there with his cat. It's like, the hell is this guy doing? No, he's just walking his cat. And it's like such a weird thing to walk around with your cat. Mm. Like, I mean, uh, but um, I, I didn't really see anything deeper than it being j- he's part of the local color of the area. Right. Any but, reason why he gave it to Muscle? Gave his cat to Muscle? It's fucked up, man. <laughs> Give away your cat like that. It's ridiculous. What a weird ass dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah. What, like, were, were you just, I mean, yeah, it's a similar question. Were you just waiting for someone that you're waiting at the port? Maybe the reason why he goes to the port is to, like, hopefully find somebody who will take his cat for him because there's so many people in transit. And mm. maybe he, he thought this is the ideal place for someone to take his cat. Mm. Or maybe he was just like, man, I don't want to put the cat down. I don't want to take it to like the equivalent of the SPCA and like, you know, kill it. I don't want it to be an alley cat. I just got to find some random person who's going to take it. And yeah, let me give it, it to the one uh, Japanese person here who's not a local. Yeah. And he's probably going to get on a plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she can't take the cat with her. What a perfect person <laughs> to give my cat to. <laughs> so there's something not right with him, right? There's something strange, mm. local color type of guy who's not thinking the way normal people do. Oh, uh, no, yeah. just before I forget, it was actually, you know, we're talking about Finland and Japan, how similar they are. Mm. But the way that J- the Japanese are portrayed here, when they, you know, mm. when they go and when they first, when Sachi first meets Midori, uh-huh. they're making all that noise. Right. In this case, it was the Japanese who were portrayed as loud and unruly. Yes, yes, and yes. the Finns were actually looking at them, <laughs> yeah. like like Japanese would at foreigners, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the, the the reasons why one of the reasons why I felt so attracted to the movie because it's it's a movie about Japanese people being the foreigner in a country right. that is yeah. not their you know that is not my own. Mm. So that that was but, kind but of but also a, a, a culture that is like Japan. So yeah. if they were acting like that in my country or Australia, people wouldn't even yeah. give them any notice, you know, wouldn't even right, look at them. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it's Finland. <laughs> right. And I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Keep your voice down. Jesus. Yeah, voice. Jesus Christ, dude. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, yeah, an interesting contrast uh, to, to what you normally see. And I think that was playing on that, that cultural, uh, cultural norm. Hey, um, you were in Indonesia, uh-huh. right? For how long? Yeah, I spent uh, a few months in Indonesia. They talk about Kopi Luwak. Kopi Luwak. Yeah, yeah. And it's about uh, this coffee that this guy, old uh, Finnish guy, introduces to such a. He's like, you can't make mm-hmm. coffee. In fact, I don't even buy that scene either. Like you, you, you've had barely <laughs> had any customers, and you got this old guy coming, and then he tells you your coffee's shit. <laughs> and I, you want me to show you want me to, you want me to show you how to make some decent coffee? Say, mm-hmm. hey, listen, listen, motherfucker, you're the first customer I've had, and I'm not going to let you behind the counter. I don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> and then she just lets him go behind the counter uh-huh. and start making uh, coffee for her. Right. I didn't buy that at all. <laughs> but anyway, so he yeah, yeah. so he show, so he shows a copy luck. Um, mm-hmm. 
which is a process of of coffee or even no no it's the beans right yeah so did you did you try that while you were in indonesia i never tried it because it was so expensive but i did have fun walking through supermarkets and looking at the prices of things like holy shit mm. that's expensive like it's really really expensive because it's it i i can't remember if exactly if they explained it like that this civet cat yes it's like wild cat uh that it, it eats co- consumes the beans whole and then it shits it out mm. and through this digestive process the bean takes on a flavor that is very palatable despite the fact that it went through an animal's asshole um Mm. yeah i was doing a little bit of research on that and it's a terrible Mm -hmm. process now they've just got these um poor civets in these cages like Mm -hmm. battering hands there's tourist destination now too like you can actually visit civet farms and unfortunately, they're not a good. It's not a good process. Also, the um, the Kopiluwak coffee that's available on the market, the majority isn't even pure. Apparently, so it's like Coke in the eighties, you know. Yeah, or cut with all sorts of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I I didn't particularly particularly like that scene either. Mm. I I wasn't. Uh, very impressed with that but i kind of rolled with it and the fact that i guess he was the former owner of that place yeah he wanted his equipment back so he broke in yeah Yeah, which i found kind of idiotic that was something i didn't like i didn't like you could have just asked he's like hey you you see that exactly it's like it's like you practically do you mind mind already (laughs) like you walked in and showed her how to make coffee you could have just like that's mine. Yeah. Do you mind like, if I and, take it because it's mine? Yeah. Like you're going to steal it, I guess, trying to have control. Maybe he wanted control mm. over it somehow. Or Well, but he really liked that Ornigity, though. Did you see him yeah. munch yeah. on that Ornigity? <laughs> oh, he loved it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, this is a good, what do you call it? Yeah, Ornigity. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Okay, that's one point that I didn't like. I didn't like that guy. I didn't like the interaction <laughs> in that guy. Uh, yeah, there was no serendipity with that guy. It was just... Yeah, can off. you also tell me, what was the clapping in the pool? You remember uh, at the end, all, I think they're, that's all, just they're another, all clapping? I think that's just kind of like a, a device from older European movies like Fellini or something like that, where like oh, suddenly okay. the world is your stage and everyone's like having a right. fun time. Yeah. I think that's what that's going on with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, I think we've uh, exhausted ourselves with this movie. Well, uh, we have to give this movie a rating. And, uh, ah, yes, yes. With yes. every movie, we're going to come up with a unique rating system. And uh, for this movie, here's my idea. Well, let's use, okay. how about out of five... How many fat seagulls? Okay. Yes, I was thinking seagulls as well. And fat is pretty good. All right. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead because every time I watch the movie I enjoy all the interactions. Minus that one dude who formerly owned the cafe. I'm gonna give it four and a half fat seagulls. Oh, that's quite a ranking. That's quite yeah. a rating. I mean that's 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 great. Yeah. What about uh, you? Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. 
three fat okay. seagulls. It just didn't. It just didn't resonate with me. As a simple mm. story, it works. Yeah. As a movie that I found interesting, it doesn't. Mm. I would think it would be. I, I know that I like the movie, but listening to your responses, I would. I would imagine more of a two and a half seagull fat seagull. Mm, well. No, but I could appreciate it. I just told you some of those mm. scenes that I that yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I mm. think uh, if I'm able to at least laugh, um, feel something, you know, in a movie, mm-hmm. I'm willing to give mm-hmm. it the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm willing to right. at least give it a passable mark. I'm getting something right. out of it. Yeah. Just just overall, I wasn't uh, uh, yeah wasn't too impressed. But uh, um, yeah, I can give some background on uh, the Sachie and uh, Masako, they actually have performed together a lot. Mm. Back in the late 80s, in 1988 to 1991, they were to a television show called Yappari Nekogaski, which means, yeah, I definitely like cats. That's what that, right. and um, that's, uh, that was something, I watched the drama, I didn't find it all that interesting. But uh, they have a long career together. And also the director has put those that duo in other movies together mm. so they've done a lot of work together throughout the years with this uh director ogigami naoko and also satomi satomi kobayashi who who plays sachie she was married to kind of japanese holly uh, japanese movie royalty uh mitani kolki do you know I that i don't guy? know who that is uh he's a director he's uh He's famous for a lot of different movies. In he's probably won a lot of awards in Japan, uh, Japanese-based awards like uh, for movies such as The Magic Hour and mm. Ucho Ten Hotel, and also another fun one where he really liked Hollywood movies from the 40s and 50s, and he made kind of like his own telling of the Twelve Angry Men with Henry Fonda, and he called it the the tw- I think it's called the Twelve Kindly Japanese, and it's a like a a uh, a court drama where the, where all the, what do you call the people who are the, on the side, the jury. So mm. they play the jury. These Japanese people play a jury about a, a court case. And it's a, it's quite a, a, a fun, a fun ride, but he's done a lot of movies and they, they were married for maybe 15 years. So there's kind of a connection to other movie, the other movie world in, in Japan. Did you have a favorite character in this movie? I would say Masako is my favorite character. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I would say, yeah, I guess she, you know, in my eyes, she was probably one of the most interesting. Yeah, mm. because I, I didn't, I couldn't really get a good read on her, um, which made her more interesting than the others. Uh, oh, and the guy holding the cat. I want to know his backstory. <laughs> there could be a whole manga series about the guy holding the cat. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> also, how can you can you answer me one question before we go? Sure. How how is it that Sachi could speak fluent Finnish? I didn't. She's only been there for a month, mm. or was it longer? Or had she been there earlier know. to study? I, I have no idea. We don't know the backstory. I just yeah. kind of accepted that, you know. I mean, if you're in a country, maybe some people pick up the language faster than others, and also we don't really know how long she's been there. We don't know if she studied the language, or um, maybe she really did have a Finnish boyfriend in another life or something like that. But mm. um, 
Oh well, that was a yeah, that was a worthless uh, nitpick then. Um, yeah. I just yeah. I, I, again, once once the first domino falls in my mind, then yeah. you, you know you've got confirmation <laughs> bias. So you're looking yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. moments in the film just to confirm something that you felt. You know, you're looking uh-huh. for ways to confirm your original viewpoint on the movie. So I've got to be yeah. careful about that. I want to make sure that I'm that I've got some good reasons behind my about why I, I dislike this movie. So mm. uh, I don't want to be unfair, you know? I don't want to be unfair yeah. to the movie. I mean, for anyone listening, I think people would get a good you know, good grasp on what I liked and what I didn't like, but just overall, it just didn't come together for me. Well, let me ask you this. Do you, would you recommend the movie? Well, that's the thing. I you know, recommend I would recommend it to Okay, the profile, the demographic of people who I would recommend it to mm-hmm. would be travelers, people who love to travel, love to explore, mm-hmm. people who are into traveling and have any inkling of, uh, of an interest in Japan. Um, I guess that would make most of the listeners, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> People yeah, listening yeah. to a show on how to Japan. So everybody <laughs> listening, I recommend it to you. You'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can either uh, agree with me or my co-host about the, uh, the, the fat seagull. But if you, if you watch it and you hate it, well, guess what? Blame my co-host. Yes, that's right. Because I'm the one who recommended it, man. I'm going deep dive. So I, I think uh, we uh, we covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything else that we should uh, mention before we sign off? No, that's about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was uh, an interesting, an interesting take. I mean, having two different yeah. takes on a, on a movie like this, mm. I think that's great. I think it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. I think it would be boring if we both agreed on every single movie that we yeah. watch. I mean, it will be. I think we should find a movie that we both think suck and just shit. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. That would be great too. Um, we'll have to find one of those. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, in the coming, I I know that you you you're into classic movies, so maybe we'll we'll watch a couple classics mm. in the future and uh, talk about those. Yeah, uh, and uh, really do deep dives in different areas. Mm. Okay, good. All right, until then, I'll uh, catch up with you next time. Okay, see you next time.